Hey, hey, I'm Cass. And I'm Kat. And you're listening to Seduce. Quick disclaimer, we are not healthcare professionals, but we just talk about life and all our experiences, so come along and enjoy the ride. Let's get juicy. How are you going today, Cass? Good, Kat. How are you? I'm very well. <laughs> I'm excited to be here with you today. As always. Today we are chatting all things reality TV. Oh, this topic is like beating a dead horse. Are you are you cringing right now? <laughs> no, I'm not. We can we can definitely chat about this uh, point in my life. Look, it was a big part of your life. You, you featured in a couple there, so I feel like we have to address them. We have to address them because I've got questions, yeah, and I know people it. listening would have it too. So um, let's go. Let's do it. You were on The Bachelor in 2019. How did that all come about? Interestingly, I was launching a collection in Melbourne and Lorena, who had been in a past Bachelor, I can't even remember who The Bachelor was, Mm -hmm. she met me that night and she said to me, why are you single? And I was like, babe, I ask myself that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. Um, But she took a photo of me. I was like, what are you doing? And she sent it to someone in casting for The Bat. She goes, I need to put your name forward. Well, and so that night you just catch yeah. up with her and she just takes this random photo of it you. It was and a- absolutely. It. That was okay. the first night I met her and it was launching. We were, you know, at this beautiful venue in Melbourne and mm-hmm. I was launching this collection. And as I made my way around the table chatting with people, when I stopped at Lorena, that's that's how the conversation basically started. And, and yeah, so she sent this photo through and I remember seeing what she wrote. She said something like, this cutie, little boss baby. It was really sweet what she'd wrote. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, we'll we'll see what happens there. In about October that year, Mm -hmm. so it was about how many months after the launch? It was a few months after Mm -hmm. that. I received a DM to our business page saying, hey, this is as soon as I could get to you because we just, we've recorded the last one and we'd already cast, but I'd love you to come to an interview in Melbourne. Oh, okay. Yeah, they flew me over to Melbourne, did my interviews. I feel as though they already know who they're going to pick in those because it was a massive group kind of interview. I think there were something like 30 girls there. Yeah, right. Maybe more actually, maybe 50. And then, you know, Myself and I remember Chelsea, who, as you know, won the batch. She mm-hmm. was in my group, mm-hmm. and and then we got through to the next round, and then the following interview, and then there's all these steps following that that happens. So, yeah, right. Yeah. So you didn't have to put through an audition tape or anything like that. It was just no, that photo. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. So they just messaged me, and then flew me to Melbourne. So, but I believe part of the process is gen- generally a audition tape. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I skipped that part. You skipped. <laughs> bounced right over that. <laughs> now I have to ask. Oh God. Did you... <laughs> whenever you say I have to <laughs> ask, I'm like, oh, what? It's a controversial. Like okay. it's a bit controversial. Um, I think I know the answer, but I'm asking anyway. <laughs> you probably okay? do know. The All right. <laughs> Did you go on the Bachelor <laughs> to find love or for business, business. exposure? <laughs> Preempted that. Oh, look, ultimately, you know, everything I've done has been for my baby, my business. I've done a lot for that. And when the opportunity arose, I definitely had my business at the forefront of my mind. Yes. When chatting with my team about going onto the show, 
There was definitely that part of me and us that was saying, you know what, if I find love, amazing, great. Mm. But I said to them, you know how fussy I am with dating. <laughs> like, what's the chance that this one guy is going to be my dream guy? Mm. And and so, yeah, so I'm glad that I did it. There's no regrets there. And, yeah, I did put my business first and, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> No regrets. Well, thank you for your honesty. I love that. So you get to the house, you start shooting. What's it like living with a bunch of girls in a mansion? For how many weeks? How long was this for? Okay, now I've got to stretch my mind. So all up, if you made it till the end, it was three months that you were away from home. Wow. No contact, no phone. And they were strict on that? Like They no were contact. strict. So okay. there was one phone call a week or fortnight back to family, wow. I think, yeah, on a Sunday. And I did before, when I got in and mm-hmm. they said, Cass, you know, we want you on the show, I said, I've got a business to run and I need access to my laptop. Yep. And I, and I said to them, you know, at least three times a week. Yeah. And they ended up putting in my contract that I had, it was either two or three sessions on my monitored so I had someone over my shoulder even when I checked my bank account to make sure payments had gone through someone over my shoulder and it was only about 20 minutes that I got and it was timed and it was like Nat you've got one minute left wow yeah and the other girls weren't allowed to actually know what was happening so you know if you disappeared and they said where is Cass no one actually knew where you were. You oh, could so just be in the room. So they're just thinking you're having like extra time. With yeah, the yeah. But <laughs> no, <laughs> it was during the days where we were in the mansion, yeah. just, you know, with free time, either tanning by the pool. So I would just disappear for a little bit. Yeah. The chaperone, one of the chaperones would come up to me and say, Cass, you can get your time now. Okay. Or I would be begging for time. Like, can I get my time now? I'm entitled to my time. Oh my God. It sounds like jail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. And then that, let's not even get started on the fighting over food. You what? Know, oh, we, we would do grocery lists. So they would go and do big shop ups and you'd request what you want. And avocados seemed to be the thing that would go the like first. So if you didn't get any avocados, you were done until the next shop. Because these girls, there were there's a lot of girls that focus on their fitness as well. Good yep. on them. But they've got, you know... You know how people that go to the gym, I'll be, I say those people because I don't do it. <laughs> but they, you know, they really know what kind of good fats, uh, proteins and whatnot yes. they're putting on their plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the avocados were the first to <laughs> go. <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm like having things that I haven't had in years, like crunchy cornflakes, <laughs> two-minute noodles. I'm you like, well, the avocados are gone. <laughs> You're just like, oh, what's left over? Okay, I'll eat that. <laughs> but it was definitely a, um, it was a unique experience. You know me, I grew up with two brothers. Mm-hmm. So going into a household where there were 36 females was... 36? Yeah. Wow. So 36, yeah. 20, you don't ever really Oh, maybe know. it was 28. I when you're remember. watching it, like it's hard to tell how many, yeah. you know, on that first day yeah. or night where they show you all coming in and meeting the guy like Absolutely. it's hard to keep up I just know there's a lot and it was intense on that first night we were up until 4 5 a.m in stilettos for the rose ceremony every time someone would cough the retake would have to be done again wow. it was and then girls were getting narky with each other because we just wanted to sleep we had in the rose ceremony I remember one girl passed out and then 
in a different ceremony, one girl vomited all over wow. the floor. <laughs> Just because you're there for so long. So and long, it's the heat, yes, exactly. Some of them had been drinking at the co- – well, a lot of them had been drinking at the cocktail party. Yeah, yeah. So – so it just gets – and that's why when they film your face and they try to make you look like you're being nasty, really you're just exhausted. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I imagine they've got cameras on you all the time. time. And they're just clipping out those parts yeah. that they can use to manipulate a story. Absolutely. Like, mm. oh, he didn't say this person's name for the rose, so let's cut to their face. But really, her feet are killing her. She just wants to go to sleep. It's 3 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's not going to be smiling. No, no, no. no. Well, that actually leads into my next question Mm. regarding how edited was the show. Yeah, so I got a relatively good edit in The Bachelor, Mm -hmm. which made me, but then I noticed the other edits of the girls and I was like, did she really say that? Oh, Mm. I don't remember her saying that. Things like that. It was when I left the show Mm -hmm. The last episode, I don't know if you remember, but there was a group date. So I was chosen to go on this group date where Matt Agnew brought along his friend, a girl that was his friend. Yes, I a remember that. A long-time friend, mm-hmm. right? And I remember producers coming up to me before my chat with her, which was obviously going to be recorded and mm-hmm. potentially be aired, and it was aired. And they said to me, Cass, just be, ask any questions you want to ask. They kind of fed me a little bit of, like, they breadcrumbed ideas into my head. Mm-hmm. And so when I went into it, I remember her saying something like, oh, Matt doesn't want to get married for a good five years. Mm. And I was like, everything we have heard in the last five weeks was that Matt wants to get married and have kids. Mm. And I was older than him. I was a few years older than him. Mm. And I was like, I don't get that. And so she asked me, she goes, are you going to be okay with that or something like that? And I remember saying something like, well, I want to expand my business to Melbourne. I don't mind if I have kids. I I could have kids at 40, 42. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I do a lot of things for my health. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm happy with that. I've got a lot of career goals. So that is fine with me. Mm. The way they edited it and they... I remember they dubbed my voice twice. So basically saying the same thing twice. So mm. you could hear, yeah. Like repeated. Repeated. repeated it exactly. It clear that that's what you said. Yeah. My business is my baby. My business is, and then you heard me say, the way they edited it, it sounded like I didn't want to have kids until I was 40, 42. <laughs> okay. And when I watched that episode, so it was my exit episode. That's when I left the show. Mm-hmm. I turned, I believe Veronica, my friend Veronica was with me and I turned to her and I just went, no one's ever going to want to date me again. It looks as like, as though I don't want kids until I'm 40, 42 now, you know, and I just remember at that point going, wow, that did not happen. That Mm. was not said. Mm. And they've done that. But in, you know, looking back, it was a relatively, I still got off with a relatively good edit. Mm. I'm like... Paradise. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, before we get into paradise, looking back at your bachelor experience, if you had your time over again, would you do anything differently? Would you play the game a bit? You know, it's interesting because I was in in a real state of mind going on to The Bachelor. I had broken up with my boyfriend Mm -hmm. a couple of months beforehand or before before going on. So I wasn't in the best frame of mind when I was on the show. I was still dealing with a lot that had happened. So if I had been in a better frame of mind, it would have been a different experience, I Mm -hmm. feel. 
but I've got no regrets as to what happened. But I was, I flew under the radar quite a bit on that show. I had a lot of downtime as well and was reading in the house and was just enjoying, you know, it was like a little holiday to me, Mm -hmm. leaving work and Mm -hmm. just having that break away from everything that had happened before I went on to the show. It was, um, yeah, I really used the time to just chill my mind, Mm. to be honest. And I think that came through when you actually watched the show. You could see I wasn't phased. Girls in the house were saying to me, why are you crying? Why are you upset about this? And I'm like... You're like, girl, I'm here for a holiday. Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. I'd already been through so much months prior that I just thought, you know, this is... This ain't this ain't shit, man. Yeah, this, this isn't, isn't even real. Yeah. <laughs> so no, there's no regrets. There's just you know, just uh, I look back at it fondly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So after Batch, um, you had a bit of time off back into the real world. Back in the real world, and then you make the decision to go to <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise. Wow. So, um, what's the motivation behind that one? I still remember when I received that phone call. I was I was getting off the elevator to go into my apartment and I received that phone call and as she was talking to so the phone call just happened like it was a hello and she goes, Oh, it's casting from Paradise. We would love you to come onto the show. And she starts telling me about the pay pack and I just remember I st- I didn't turned to go into my apartment I ended up walking down the end of the corridor you know when you're so focused on what's happening in a conversation mm. that your mind you don't realize what your movements are and I walked to the end of the corridor and she said oh the pay packet's great blah 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 we need you away in November and I said do you know what I do mm. that's the busiest time of my business because it was yeah it was just before Christmas mm. wedding season most people propose at around that time and the amount of money she threw out there, I was just like, that's so not worth it to me. Mm. I'd rather stay and work and not do this stuff again. Mm. And I said, let me think about it. Then I received another phone call uh, a couple of days later. She said, yep, you can think about it. All good. And I said, no, again. Mm-hmm. And then Mary, I knew Mary was going on the show, my good friend from The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And we all love Mary. and she said come on Cass it's going to be fun it's a holiday just do it the girls can take care of the business and the girls said the same thing they're like we can take care of everything and I said but what about if I get a bad edit and they go you don't say anything bad what can they do (laughs) oh god oh famous last words famous last words so I ended up going on Mm. And while you were on there, did you actually find anyone like romantically attractive? Like, was there a point where you were like, ah, oh, I like him? Or? Yeah, when Jake, so Jake gave me the first rose and I did think Jake was quite cute. I didn't mm. know if we were completely compatible though, but I did find Jake cute. But then that didn't, I think he t- he took Eleanor on a date and I was like, well, you're getting cut off now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually in hindsight he kind of cut me off by doing that (laughs) but I was just at the next rose ceremony I gave my rose to someone else and I think that's when Jake actually left by memory something like that Mm. and so he was probably I kept waiting for someone great to come along but Jake was probably the one that I found most attractive and Mm -hmm. that's yeah although they wanted the audience to believe 
I liked Kieran. Mm. I liked. I definitely liked Kieran as a friend. We were mates in that in that whole experience. Mm. But romantically for me, there was nothing there and all cast and crew knew that. But that's not what they portrayed on TV. They tried to make it look like a love triangle. And you could see them clutching at straws because I never said that I liked Kieran. Mm -hmm. So you could see the lines that they would frankenbite. So frankenbiting is a term where, you know, they... They will cut different words from different conversations to form a sentence that you never, never said. Yes. yes. And so they did a huge amount of that with myself, with Jamie, Kira, Kieran as well. They did a fair bit of that to make us look like villains. So mm. all reality TV, hey? But yeah. Mm. And mm. you were portrayed as a villain like in parts of the show. Is there <laughs> parts, babe? I think it was all of it. <laughs> nah. To be honest, I had people saying to me, oh, I love this. You're so funny here. And then I'm just, and I would be like, oh, my God, but the rest of the show, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Look, you got a, you got a lot of backlash mm. after that show. After that all aired, mm-hmm. there was a lot oh, going on. Oh, you remember on. me. Yeah. I remember. But is there anything that you want to clear up at this point? You know, I think I addressed it at the time. Mm-hmm. And luckily for me, I have such a strong following business-wise mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And clients that already knew who I was, editors, you know, Anna Vlack from Adelaide, the advertiser in mm-hmm. Adelaide, she wrote a beautiful article clearing that up for me, mm-hmm. you know, where I got to have speak my mind and say, hey, this is actually what happened. Because when you sign that contract with them, they cut out, they didn't allow me to do any interviews. So okay. you're supposed to be silenced, essentially. You got a bad edit, so we're going to cut all your interviews wow. so you don't get to speak about what happened and how wow. we edited you. So I'm lucky that I already had connections with my business and there were podcasts that were willing to chat to me or came to me wanting to chat and yeah. I was able to clear that up. There was only so much reach, obviously, with the advertiser. It's an Adelaide paper. So there was still a lot of that trolling which you have to kind of put to the back of your mind or not focus on, obviously. And, you know, that's easier said than done. Like, how did you actually handle all the social media trolls? Mm, I didn't look at my DMs. Yeah. Literally, I restricted comments on my entire feed. Mm -hmm. Because no one will ever say something to your face. No. If they, you know, here's one for you. I only realised probably about a year ago where I was looking through old batch photos on my Instagram feed Mm -hmm. that someone, a a woman, a girl from Adelaide had said, under under one of my pictures, I want to punch you in the face. (laughs) And I only found it, I only found it like a year ago. Wow. I clicked onto her profile and my, a couple of my clients and friends were mutual friends with her. And I felt there was part of me that wanted to go, how do you know this girl? Because she's a bit violent. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It's amazing how what you could potentially say and then someone hears of that, it makes that person seem like, why are they associated with you? Because that's Mm. what I thought. I thought, how are they associated with this girl? Someone mm. that has literally said, I want to punch you in the face. That doesn't and I, even know you. Doesn't even know That has know no me. reason. Like, never had a, yeah. commun- like, a conversation. Exactly. Ever. Exactly. So, mm. so obviously, um, that was, you know, I'd seen the comment so much, so long after mm. the actual airing of the show. And I just thought, <laughs> at that point, I just laughed because it was all over and done with. But it was like, are you, are you okay? Are you okay, babe? Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, are you okay? <laughs> hey, I mean, I know I'm fine, but are yeah. you okay? If you're saying you want to punch someone you don't know, like, because you've seen something on TV, you might need to address what you're taking in and how much you believe of what you take in. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, it was definitely interesting, but my good friend Cass went through my DMs and she cleared them all mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. after I left the show. And I remember that night her sitting next to me clearing them and she was like, oh, I'm getting heavy and I, this they're not even directed at me. And I was like, stop reading them just Just delete delete. and she goes but some of them are asking where your clothes are from and that they love your look some are saying saying to be strong that they can see the edit so I was like all right well and then I remember I remember she giggled so she's sitting next to me and I heard her giggle and I go what (laughs) what what does this one say and she turns to me and she goes your daddy little pig dog (laughs) (laughs) someone actually wrote that my gosh you know I had someone saying that I looked like I had too many teeth in my mouth wow (laughs) it's unreal people the stuff people say behind a keyboard but would never ever say to your face ever never never so it's very and then there was one guy that Cass turns to me and she goes he just he just gave you like a compliment sandwich where he said something rude but then complimented you (laughs) And she literally replied as if she was me going, did you just give me a compliment, Sandra? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, say, how are you going? <laughs> what? So anyways, that's how I dealt with it. It was very heavy at the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was having conversations with Kira, who was also on the show and going through exactly the same thing. And she was like, babe, energy flows where energy goes or something like that. Yes, you know that quote. Yes, yes. And she's like, don't put energy on it. Let it go. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm. And, you know, I remember having a conversation with Kieran who who got really heavy as well because of his edit. And Kieran's a great guy. I'll always, I'll always speak for Kieran. He is a good guy. Mm -hmm. And he was just his faults, which... I said at the time, I was like, he is a guy in his 20s in paradise. Mm-hmm. You expect other guys to not have done the same? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? There's a lot of Kirans out in the world. Mm. It's not, you know. It's yeah. normal. It's There's kind of, wrong yeah, with it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, don't nail him to the cross. Mm. I just thought it was really wrong, the kind of backlash he got. Mm. And, yeah, I remember crying to him one morning on, on the phone going, I can't believe this. And he was also, like, everyone was just so supportive. But I believe he he dealt with a lot during that whole thing, mm. you know. A lot of us could let go of it a lot sooner. But I feel like Kieran just held it that little bit longer. But mm. If I could share something at this point, I remember actually a conversation that I had with my husband, Luke, yeah. about, you know, how bad it was getting for you. And we were having chats on the phone and, and you were telling me it was, it was yeah, a lot. Yeah. And, you, and even though, like, you're a strong woman, you have direction, you know your purpose, it's still hard to know or feel like there's a big majority of people sending you a whole lot of negative energy. Absolutely. So I remember those chats. I remember those nights. Uh, and yeah. I remember Luke, and you'll probably remember this too, because he said it to me, and I'm fairly certain he actually said it to you. Yeah, he called me. He called you? Yeah. Do you remember what he yeah, said? Yeah, and I remember I was at, at work uh, mm-hmm. this one day, and it was right in the crux of it, and mm-hmm. your beautiful husband calls me up and is like, and we're chatting about what's happening. Mm. And he goes, Cass, you were Cassandra when you went into that place. You're Cassandra 
when you leave. Yep. He goes, you will always be Cassandra Mamoni and that's that. Yep. And it, it just really resonated at the time mm. that you've just got to hold strong to who you are and your true values yes. and not let an experience like this change or alter your perception of things. Because there's people that deal with this kind of thing all the time. I know, I know. Yeah. And not just from reality TV. We're talking different kind of media smears and mm-hmm. media cam- smear campaigns and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of people that deal with things like that and it can mm. get very, very heavy. Oh, definitely. And, you know, when you talk about social media, like mm. I believe it serves a purpose, right? There's lots to learn from on there mm. to motivate you, to inspire you. But the type of person you are will determine like how you use it. So what I mean by that is like if you lead with your jealousy, with your insecurity or self-righteousness, like you'll notice that social media can be energy draining. Huh. And it's those personality types that are super judgmental that mm. begin to act out towards complete strangers. Yeah. That's what I've noticed yeah. anyway. And, you know, when you're using it to off- offload negativity. Like nothing good is going to come of it. Right. Exactly right. And I remember having a conversation with you about these trolls. And, you know, I, I came to the point of realising that there's something inside them then that they are not happy with mm. and they project it onto you. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there were a few key points where I just thought, okay, that makes sense. If someone's saying this, there's something that... Because you don't go out of your way to just abuse someone that you've seen on TV. There's a seed in you of negativity for mm-hmm. some reason mm-hmm. that wants you to to say something. You know what I mean? And, you know, maybe if I play like devil's advocate here a little bit, yeah. maybe those people that saw the bad edit, mm. okay, you were portrayed as a bit of a bully in some segments, yeah, that would have hit a nerve for people that have been bullied, yeah. have gone through something like that. So they're taking it literally like this is real life and this mm. actually happened and Cass really said that to her or to him or mm. whatever. So then they go on social media to just basically like vent. Yeah. They abuse you, but it's like their little, what's the word I'm looking for, like a release for yeah, them? Yeah, absolutely. Which is still like not okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. And I'm not saying that's for everyone, but I wonder sometimes if that's where it comes from. Absolutely. If I people think then feel like, no, I'm going to go attack her because that's not right what she did. Yeah. And and I don't stand for that. And I've been on the receiving end of that and it's not nice. Mm. But what they're missing, the bigger picture, <laughs> is mm. that it never actually happened, happened that way. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly and that's where right. it's difficult because it's so different if you sat here today and said, yeah, I own up to that. I said everything mm. the way it was shown. Mm. I said that about her and this about him and I like... I stand by that. That's what I said. Well, that's different. We'd be having a very different conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but it's not like that. You're coming out and saying, hey, guys, this is the edit. And unfortunately, I was made to to be perceived in this light. And you're all buying into it. Yeah. And what you're missing is that, you know, Cass, like you're a human with feelings. (laughs) And people forget that online. Absolutely. I had clients come into my studio saying that they even had people saying to them, oh, isn't that your jewellery designer? Is she really like that? And they told me how they'd approached that situation and that they said to them, actually, Cass gives us a hug every time we walk in. We've mm-hmm. A lot of my friends stopped watching the show because they just were like, well, this isn't you, yeah, so we're not going to watch I it. I was one of those. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. just stopped because I was just like, wow, this is just not, this isn't my friend. Mm, exactly. Exactly. No. 
Yeah, she's nothing like that in real life. So it was it was just frustrating yeah. to watch in the end. And because you could blatantly see the edit. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I know it was people so out obvious. there that did not know that this show was edited, like, yeah. please, please, guys. <laughs> it was very, it was <laughs> very obvious. But even the placement of where they would... So as an example, one of the things that happened was I got sick in paradise. Right. In an interview, when relaying about what happened on one of my dates, I coughed, mm-hmm. right? And... Phlegm came up in my throat and the producer said to me, do you want to spit that outside? Oh. And I go, Girl, and no. And what happened was I swallowed it. He said that and I swallowed it and I said the words as I swallowed it. I went, gross. And they played that. They edited that in when they were talking, when they showed segment of the date. So it looked as if it was directed at the person oh, like I was on the date with. Was gross. So it was mm-hmm. just, honestly, it was just disgusting what they did. I was like, that is so uncalled for. Although I didn't get along with that guy and that guy was extremely inappropriate mm-hmm. and I wouldn't call him a friend at all. Mm-hmm. And then when I didn't give him a rose, he, got, he was obviously very upset and he did a lot of things to really shake me up the wrong way I still the fact that I never said that Mm -hmm. about him Mm -hmm. is just it's kind of like it's disgusting that they made it look that way Mm. yeah and then they made it look on that date they made it look like I had a thing for the fire thrower guy they edited words going uh oh and I was just like are they making it look like (laughs) I like that guy because I don't even remember who that was. It was so random, honestly. <laughs> I think at that point I had switched off. I, I don't know who the fire guy is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think oh. at that point we sh- should have all switched off, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. Mm. yeah. But, you know, going back to, like, the social media thing, like, thing that we were talking about before and, and trolls and whatnot, mm. like, I just want to say, like, there is so much good about social media. And, yeah. you know, there, there is a lot, you know, if – if you come from a place of like interest and gratitude and like a genuine desire to like admire and appreciate, learn from people, you know, there's so much to see in regards to like business and creativity. Like mm. there's a lot happening in Absolutely. that world, which yeah. is wonderful. And I find that like when you get lost in it from that perspective, you don't feel mentally or like spiritually drained or exhausted from the time you spend on it, you know. Mm. But I find that a lot of people, and I don't know if you find this as well, but people use it. Firstly, like as a front to hide who they really are, which mm. I find a little bit alarming <laughs> yeah. about society because, you know, a lot of the time we're only posting the good, mm. okay, mm. and we're not posting the real hard situations that we're going through. Fair enough. I'm not advocating that we should be sharing that sort of information. But when you're only looking at the good of someone, you're not really getting an overall perspective of who they are. Mm -hmm. And then you start to judge and you start to look inward and you start to feel inadequate. Yeah. So there's a lot to say about social media in that regard, depending on how you use it. Have you ever found scrolling through Instagram or TikTok, have you ever found yourself getting into a hole of like, oh my God, I should be doing that or I shouldn't be doing this or why are they doing that and I'm not doing that? Have you ever, ever had that? I mean, we're a lot older, okay? So I, it was exactly about to say that. So Hard I, to relate, uh-huh. but I'm curious. Have you ever so used it in that way? I have to bring up a discussion I had with a friend on Monday night mm-hmm. and this friend is 10 years younger than me, basically. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about 
breast implants, Botox, something, and she all those kinds of things. Mm. And she said to me, "So have you never, have you never thought to get anything done?" And I said, "Babe, I'm an older generation than mm. you. Like, I didn't grow up seeing all these perfected mm. model-like girls on Instagram. I got Instagram at 27 years old." Mm. So I fully bypassed that. I grew up as a confident young girl that was mm. bullied by her brothers. Like that's where the <laughs> bullying came from. Yeah. And so it has built in, and I believe, like I could be wrong, that, you know, putting everyone into the category of if you're 30, you never had to really, you know, that's that's not what I'm kind mm. of saying because mm. everyone dealt with their own kind issues, of issues at yeah. school growing up, that kind of thing. But I never had to look at that kind of thing that would make me feel, I was really confident mm. I was a confident young girl growing up and she just kind of said yeah wow like that's that would be a great place to be and mm. I said it was it was you saw a pretty girl you saw her out on the street mm-hmm. you wouldn't see every single pretty girl as you swiped through mm. Instagram going mm. oh how do I be a bit more like that mm. oh how do I do you know what I mean mm. So, we weren't comparing the way yeah. that we are now. Don't get me wrong. It was still like, it was body image issues were huge through through high school. It's not like they weren't there. Girls dealt with it. It wasn't something that is only happening now. It's always happened. Mm. But I think the difference with social media is that the people that, the women, the men that people are watching are very edited online. Absolutely. And they can again, change anything. They can change anything. From eye colour to lip size mm. to like without surgery. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Remember when we got to Bali and I had no makeup on and you're like, I can face tune that yeah, <laughs> and put blush on you. I was like, okay. I was like, we can put makeup on you if you want. That airbrush app. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, so like you think about like that's what the younger generation are dealing with. And mm. that's what, like you said, we were lucky enough to bypass that. And can I tell you, it was a pretty good life without social media, wasn't it? It really was, <laughs> you know. And I've got to be, I've actually got to be, you know, as much as I say, oh, my gosh, I'm getting older now. Like, I'm so grateful for the era in which I grew up. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. It was it was a time to be alive. <laughs> you would go to the video store on a Friday night and spend half an hour selecting your movie to come back and watch it. You know what? There'd be people you know, listening to this going, what the hell is a video store? <laughs> what is blockbuster? <laughs> but legit, and now we've got it at our fingertips, and it takes us the entire night to make a selection. I know because there's so much. You know, it, back in the day, it was like this one or this one. Yeah, that was which it. one should yeah. we watch? Yeah. And all you could do was read the blurb off the back. Yeah. This there was no trailer <laughs> that you could watch online. Nothing like that. No, no reviews. So those were good. They were good days. They were. They really were. They were. <laughs> and, you know, there was no oversharing. It was like yeah. <laughs> you'd see a person or no have a discussion. Ending someone. <laughs> yeah, like with saying the mic. You know what I mean? I know. It was just so different back then, wasn't it? Absolutely. But like I said, social media serves a purpose. It's, it's, it's got a good structure. There's a lot to learn from it. However, it becomes, it can be a black hole sometimes. Yeah. It can be a black hole. And, you know, I'll never forget my brother-in-law once said to me, you know, I never understood cyberbullying, how mm-hmm. you can be bullied online. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, it happens all the time. Like, that's been a thing since the beginning of technology. The yeah. minute you had, remember MSN Messenger? <laughs> yes. I was never on it, though. You know, people would 
bully you on that. Like that's, oh. it became a thing. Like people would add you and be really mean, similar to the trolls really? that you find in your DMs. Yeah, it would, it would happen across the board even from back then. And I said, it happens. Like this is normal. And he said, yeah, but what I've never understood is why people allow themselves to be bullied. And I was like, hold on, where are you going with this? Like this doesn't make any sense. You never allow someone to, to bully, bully you. you. What do you mean? Mm. He's like, Kat, it's on the computer. Turn it off. Just turn it off. But it still hurts, yeah. And I was like, that's an interesting concept, though, mm. because fast forward to now. So we had this conversation about 10 years ago. And fast forward to now, we don't ever switch it off. Absolutely. It's become our life. Imagine if I didn't have my that Instagram account when this aired. Mm. I don't read the news. I don't pick up the paper. Mm. So I would have barely known. People would have surely told me, like friends would have gone, oh, look, there was something written on this or whatnot. Yeah. But I would be, because I didn't read any articles, but I was waking up seeing them on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. So imagine not having Instagram and just living your life. Just being oblivious. Yeah, absolutely. That actually sounds really peaceful. It does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Deactivates account. Yeah. Hey, not yet. We've got a podcast to run, Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for your honesty today, Cass. Oh, I really appreciate thanks it. Thanks for the questions. You keep them juicy as always. I sure do. And I promise I won't bring up batch again this is a one-time thing <laughs> thanks girl good chatting about it thanks for listening guys until next time ciao